today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment in which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Sister Jean Bissett. Thanks for joining us, Jean. Thank you, Mike. And she's the president of Paul Cristo Ray High School. And we have with her Lisa Claythor, the uh, director of corporate work study programs. Thanks for joining Thank us, you, Lisa. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Before we get started, let me tell our listeners what's coming up next. Tomorrow's show is a Cincinnati entrepreneur. His name is Ben Moore. He owns a company called Agent Technologies, and they're a software provider on the web of both ERP systems and uh, customer relationship management systems. Next Thursday, a week from today, we have Janelle Ross. She is the owner of Bob Ross Auto Group. Uh, They have several dealerships, General Motors uh, and Mercedes-Benz, one of my favorites, and She'll be talking about her business on the Friday, the 3rd of May. We're going to have Les Foltz, who runs a rather new company in Cincinnati called Cincinnati Maintenance. He's all about floor maintenance and floor care. Then on the 9th, we're going to have Jim Steger, who runs a company called Integrity Express Logistics, a logistics company here in the Blue Ash area. And then on the 10th of May, we're going to have Alfonso Canejo, the president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. So those are some of the people that are coming up in the in the coming weeks. We've got a lot of good shows. And also coming up in in May, we have a Sandler Foundations course starting on May 8th. Uh, we still have a few open seats in that. We're going to have a lot of for-profit and a, lot of, and a few not-for-profit people in that group where we t- cover the basics of the Sandler selling system. On Wednesday, the 22nd of May, that's a one-day cold call camp for people who are in sales and have to actually make cold calls and want to get their calls uh, returned or they want to get through the gatekeeper. They want to have, they will build three scripts for the contact so they have, so they can be terribly uh, much more effective. Now, I'm going to tell our listeners a little bit about DePaul Christo. High school. This is something I had never heard of till a couple of months ago when I heard Sister Jean at the Rotary Club. The Paul Cristo Ray is an affordable Catholic college preparatory high school because it serves, and it's unique because it serves students for whom private tuition is insurmountable barrier to a good education. The Paul Cristo Ray is a member of the the network of the Paul Cristo Ray schools with 25 schools serving. 7,400 students across the country. I didn't realize you had 25 high schools. Uh, how old was the? How many years ago was the first Cristo Ray School put uh, put together? 17 years ago in Se- Chicago. 17 years ago, and 
this year here in Cincinnati, the DePaul Cristo Race High School has the ninth and tenth grade. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you're going to be adding a grade a year? Until we're a full four-year high school. Good, good. That, that'll be in 2014. Mm-hmm. The, college, the high school has an all-college prep curricula, curriculum, so the students uh, have a goal of graduating and getting into college. Uh, is there a, a graduation rate that go on to college that you know from some of the other schools in, in the system? In the Crystal Array schools, the 24 that were operational up until this year, now there's 25, it's been a 100% college acceptance rate of our students who graduate. That's phenomenal, 100%. It's pretty amazing considering that our students are, they're really urban students from low-income families. Mm-hmm. That rate just is out of the water compared to their counterparts going to other kinds of high schools. What's, what would it typical be in the Cincinnati school system? You know, I don't know that I know that statistic exactly, but for this demographic across the nation, it's in the, it's in the 40th percentile somewhere mm-hmm. so for college be, acceptance. So you're, Fewer you're, that actually show up. Right, but get, getting into college, 40%, and, and you, you guys are at 100%, Correct. so you've you got to be doing something right. Correct. And we want to talk more about that today. What makes the Paul Crystal Ray innovative is a corporate work study program where all the students work five days a month in entry level professional positions to help companies throughout the greater Cincinnati area. Companies pay a fee for the support of of the education of the student while the student gains real world work experience and an exposure to professional role models and professional businesses that they may not have had the opportunity to see before. And the families get an education for the student that would have been impossible to afford. Sister Jean uh, Bissette, uh, who was the president of the school, uh, was hired in 2010 to spearhead the opening of the high school. So in 2010, you had no students. Correct. No I was the president of nothing for a while. Uh-huh. Until the whole system kind of caught up with me, and we started hiring people and eventually opened our doors to our students. Okay. You came to the school after serving in the religious order of the Sisters of St. Francis Mary of Immaculate in Joliet, Illinois. Right. Prior to that, you enjoyed a multi-year secondary education leadership role. She's the spiritual administrative leader of the Paul Cristo Ray, responsible for the financial stability, financial academic success, and strategic planning in in line with the mission of the school and the sponsors, the sister of Chari- sisters of charity. That only leads me to the to this question: Where is the school? The school is centrally located. We are on Central Parkway, not even a block south of uh, Cincinnati State. We're in the former Concordia Lutheran School and Church property. Mm, okay, so you're not up on the hill, no, Cincinnati State. No, not quite. Okay, good. And let me tell you a little about Lisa Clayton. She's the director of the Corporate Work Study Program. Lisa, you came to DePaul Cristo Ray after serving as a Corporate Work work Study Program Director for 11 years at the Children's Scholarship Fund of Greater Cincinnati, an organization that helped launch that you helped launch in 1999. Correct, right? I was the executive director of that nonprofit. Okay, and that nonprofit. Did what? We raised funds to provide inner-city students school choice options. We provided scholarship uh, tuition assistance for low-income families in greater Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And today, 
the Paul Cristo Ray are the primary liaison between the business community and the high school? That's correct, yes. So you find the, the new corporate partners who can utilize the services of the students in a professional manner. Right. I have the best job. I get to work with the students every day and the corporate partners. Well, the whole thing sounds good, you know. <laughs> Sister Jean, why don't you tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, how you got to the Paul Cristo Ray and where you see yourself in, in this program's genesis and where we're going. Sure. Big um, picture. I actually was aware of the Cristo Ray schools. There, before there were Cristo Ray schools, there was no network. There was simply a school opening in Chicago mm-hmm. on the southwest side to address an exceptionally high dropout rate among Mexican-American students living in about a two-square-mile neighborhood. Hmm. The Jesuits in Chicago had a presence in that neighborhood already because of the high school they operated near there. And when they decided that they were going to try to do something to address a lot of issues in that neighborhood, they canvassed the families. They walked literally up and down the streets to households and said to people, and they went to churches and schools, if we could do something here for you, for this neighborhood, for these kids, what would it be? And the resounding cry they heard over and over again was, give our kids a a high school opportunity like kids with uh, funds have, that the wealthy families have just a mile away from here in Mm -hmm. your other school. So they had the inspiration to open a school that could be supported by uh, the business community. But instead of asking for a handout, they, uh, as I put it, they sort of went downtown to Chicago with their handout in a handshake Mm -hmm. and said, we can offer you something in exchange for supporting this school. And Mm -hmm. that would be a very young workforce that could be in a professional, uh, paraprofessional support role in a variety Mm -hmm. of businesses. I was principal of another high school when that phenomenon started. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to do some work with the principal there. They got started. It was a Spanish language school. I didn't speak Spanish. And as much as I thought it was a great idea, not um, Espanol. I thought, exactly, I will never have a role in this because I don't speak Spanish. So zip ahead years. Mm-hmm. I take eight years out of education for leadership in my Franciscan community. And when I'm ready to go back into the world of actual paid work, I looked around at some options. I learned very quickly that this Cristo Ray school, this phenomenon, mm-hmm. had turned into a network of schools. Spanish language is no longer uh, considered vital to the job because depending on where those schools were located in what city, mm-hmm. every school served a very different population. And the population served by Cristo Rey schools looked exactly like low-income families in those cities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I eventually heard about uh, the Sisters of Charity here in Cincinnati starting or doing a feasibility study to start a, a replicated model here Someone asked me if I was interested in applying for the job, and I, in about five minutes, said yes. And uh, it was a long process, but I ended up moving to Cincinnati and helping them take their dream and their plans on paper and make it a reality for our uh, young people here. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, and for your sake, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't need to learn how to speak Spanish. <laughs> 
I just had to learn how to speak Cincinnati. That's right. But I'm working on it. Please. Thank you. <laughs> First time I came to Cincinnati 21 years ago, it was Bill Johnson's uh, mom who was running the familiarization tour. And she spent about 20 minutes on the bus that first day explaining the word please. Uh-huh, absolutely. How it related to bitter. That was a surprising experience. And Lisa, how was it that you came to the Paul Crystal Ray? In my previous job, I worked a lot with families, mm-hmm. families that were looking for school choice options. Um, at that time, Ohio was also very seriously involved in promoting the new Ohio Ed Choice vouchers. So I had parent meetings all over greater Cincinnati uh, that families would come to for information about this new educational opportunity. At several of those meetings, Sisters of Charity would come and survey parents to see if a DePaul Christopher Ray school might be of interest to them. Mm-hmm. So that's how I became a, connected with them originally. So you, you became aware of it because they were doing their own market research. Yes. And really, Ohio was the leader in the late uh, 2005, 2006 in empowering families with school choice. So it was a perfect time for something like a new school to come on the scene. Um, Families were looking for things like this. They wanted options regardless of their income. So at DePaul today, you have freshmen and sophomores. Correct. Mm -hmm. And that's a total of how many students we have about 130 students right now. Oh, okay. Almost evenly divided between the two classes. Mm-hmm. And when you add more classes, you're going to keep them about that. So that, our about goal 75. is to enroll. Our goal is to maintain about 100 students per class mm. as we get going, so that we'll be at full enrollment of about 400 students. Mm-hmm. Now, because of the demographic that we serve, students at fairly high risk. Students coming from families who don't really know what their resources are going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We do. We lose students for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. So probably we will be looking to enroll about 120 to 125 kids a year, knowing that we'll lose some kids just by natural attrition, mm-hmm. transiency. Some so kids forth. will move. Some families will move out of the area. Absolutely. But we are preparing to be a campus of about 400 students plus. I think by my um, non-scientific survey of Cincinnati's business community that we should be able to hold and maintain about 100 jobs. And for us, 100 jobs is 400 kids. Mm-hmm. Four students form an FTE, one FTE. So at full enrollment, we would need 100 positions to support our kids. Good. And Sister Jean and uh, Lisa have, have agreed to take questions from, from our callers if and we will screen those during the commercial breaks, which is coming up here in a moment. You can call in to ask your question at 646-595-4916. And we're going to take a break now, and we're going to listen to Tom Manning and and me discuss a new marketing and sales uh, program which we have developed, which will be launching next month. Mike, I'm so excited because we're finally going to give the medium-sized company, company that's between $1 million and $20 million in revenue, the marketing and sales strategy that they've been looking for and needing for years. We're going to help them do it in just three days. Day one is going to be talking about sales and marketing strategy. Day two is tactics. And day three are action plans, helping you figure out how to get it done. And at a bargain price, too. I don't know about you, Mike. But I normally charge $5,000 for a marketing plan. 
How much do you charge for a good sales plan? It's not unusual to see figures like ten or fifteen thousand dollars. Exactly. Well, because this is invitation only, private, hands-on workshop that we are doing for business owners and presidents and CEOs, that we are actually limiting the participation to just 25 companies and they're going to bring their existing marketing and sales materials with them. Then we're going to show them how to improve their marketing and sales strategies, tactics, and action plans over the three days. And it's only going to cost less than $2,000. And that's including breakfast, lunch, and our personal consulting and coaching. I think it's a pretty good bargain, don't you? Excellent. Well, and to make it even easier for business owners to make it, we actually have spread the sessions out over three different months. So last Wednesday, April, May, and June. Tom, how do they find out about it? Go to marketleaders.us. Marketleaders.us is that simple. It's that simple. Go there, and we explain all the different sessions and break it down for you. And that's where you can go to register, sign up. After all three days, you're going to have an outline for your whole marketing and sales strategy for 2013. You can reach me at 614-622-1047. Thanks, Tom. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Sister Jean Benet and Lisa Claytor from uh, the DePaul Cristo Ray School. Uh, if the, people want to contact you folks after the show is over, mm-hmm. why don't we tell people how to do that now? If families are interested in um, learning more about the school for admission, I would ask them to call me tomorrow or any day um, for the rest of May at 861 We do still have some open slots available, and we're looking for new students. So, again, that number is 861-0600. Do you have a website that they can look at? We do. They can go to www.discoverdepaul.org. Good. I see we have a a caller that came in. This is Drew. Can you hear us, Drew? I can. Thank you. Good. Why don't you ask uh, Sister Jean and Lisa Clater the question? Great. So I have a grandson that uh, goes to Cincinnati Public Schools, and it sounds like a great option. Um, what do I need to do? I, I heard the contact information, but what do we need to do to uh, to get them enrolled in the school? Good afternoon, Drew. Thank you for calling and for your interest. I would ask you simply to give us a call tomorrow, and what we'll do at that point is set up a time for you to come visit the school and we'll talk specifics about the admission interview and what paperwork we might need from you. Would that be possible for you to do? Oh, absolutely. Is there criteria, though, um, there are. For, there the, for the application process? There are, there are several things I should mention. One is that our mission is to serve the underserved, so families have to meet an income eligibility guideline. And basically, that is a family cannot make more than 75% of the median income for a Hamilton County resident. So we would look at the economic factors in your household to see if you qualified. Then we would also put your um, your grandson, I believe you said. We would talk to him about his needs and desires to attend a school where he would have a work experience and to see if it was so, a good match for your family. That sounds good. Our, our mission I, I, is I, I, for, Drew, this is Sister Jean. Uh, Our focus is on families that we describe as low to medium income. So generally we say that for a family who can easily afford a typical private high school, they may make too much to qualify for us. But, you know, that medium income depends on how many people are in the household. It depends on a whole lot of factors. So there are a lot more people that qualify to come to our school than 
might think they do. It is absolutely worth the call. We do require an entrance test. It helps us place students more than it helps us weed them out. It, it's, a, it's not that complicated of a process, and we are definitely still accepting applicants for next year. Good. And it's all college prep, right? Absolutely. It is, absolutely. So that, that that's a unique part of the, the program. And uh, Drew, thanks for calling. Thank you. Thank you, Drew. The the school also has this uh, work requirement. Perhaps, Lisa, you can explain how the work-study uh, piece of the program works beyond the, the pure academics. Yes, sure thing, Mike. Um, every student at DePaul Christo Ray School or at any of the Christo Ray schools has to work to be a part of the program. That's one of the requirements. Every student at our school works five days a month. So basically they have one work day per week, and then they do a rotating Monday or a Friday. So they work five days per month. And the value of that is students see from the very beginning real-life application of what the education is all about. Um, why is math important? Um, well, I use it every day at work. Why is attention to detail important? I use, I use that at work. Um, what does a work, good work ethic look like? Um, we spend a lot of time training. Our t- we say our teenagers come in, our students come in as teenagers, and they easily transform into young professionals. They're young business executives at 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of jobs do you, uh, do you have them in now? We have over 50 companies participating this year, so we have a variety of jobs. For example? For example, um, let's say we have uh, we have eight students working at Good Sam Hospital. So mm. they do typical things uh, someone at a hospital would do for patient care. They work on a maternity wing, and they provide uh, supplies and logistics to the maternity wing to make sure things run smoothly. Um, they do patient transport. They do equipment transport. So the whole medical industry is very well um, defined by what students would do that are typical things you would expect a student to do. In offices, they'll do everything from uh, copying and scanning and filing. Uh, We do have a lot of students that do database management. As you could imagine, IT skills are very important for Mm -hmm. young workers to know. And in demand. Absolutely. So we have a lot of students doing um, Excel documents, spreadsheets, uh, basic database management. Um, setting up for meetings, answering the phone. We teach a lot of customer service. How do you answer the phone and give good customer service? So on the company side of the equation, does that mean uh, a company is going to have five different employees to fill one job slot? They have four. A company would hire a four-student team to cover a Monday through Friday, basically one FTE. Mm-hmm. And then the students have that regular work day and then a rotating Monday. Okay, so the fifth the fifth week is the covered. The fifth day is covered through the rotation. It's okay. a job-sharing program. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, worth noting that students are really never at the job together. Yes. They go there on the very first day together for an orientation. And from that point on, for the rest of the year, only one student per day shows up. Mm-hmm. The other three students are taking their full load of uh classes on the days that they're not at work. Okay, so four so days it's really a week. one job, but four kids share it. Mm-hmm. Four, four, four students share one job. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is during the work day, during the school day, mm-hmm. during the school year. It's not an after-school internship or a weekend or summer. So they're going to be a, they're going to be at the at the job site 
during the 8.30 day. to 5. Correct. It's part and parcel of our curriculum. Okay. And what happens when school takes a, a recess, a spring break or Christmas break? Well, because our students are out one day a week, we don't typically have as long as, spray, as breaks as many schools do. Our students have a longer day and a longer school year. Our students work very hard. They're very committed. We're on a 10-month contract. Um, if students, we do have some breaks, and companies are able to hire the student over break as well, and the student can earn pocket money. Um, several of our, our corporate partners will hire students over the summer, and then students are able to open up a bank account and actually have pocket money from the employment this summer. I think what we haven't had the opportunity to say is that uh, we have this relationship with the, the business community, but we are the kids' employer. Uh, I really run the school. Lisa is the head of a separate corporation, which is our work-study program. It is a uh, fee-for-hire situation. Mm-hmm. So uh, a student works uh, a week or a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the company pay the school or yes. the company pays the school right. and the money the school gets from the company is used to offset the student's Correct. tuition if I understood that? Perfect. That's it. Okay. And your school year, uh, how long is that again? Freshmen will start August 1st. August 1st. And they'll go to 1st of June. To the 1st of June. So they'll, have, right. they'll have three weeks of job training and some academic uh catching up mm-hmm. before we ever let them go out to the workplace later in August. Mm-hmm. So the philosophy of the school is to really bring together and integrate an academic experience with a work experience. Mm-hmm. The mechanics of the school is a fee-for-service model. Basically, I run a temp agency for teenagers in a high school where I lease my student employees to companies for a fee-for-service. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't think it up. But it's a great model. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to think it up would almost give me a headache. But <laughs> the way you said it makes it sound extremely easy for both the school and the student and the employer. Absolutely. What happens uh, if there's a, a problem uh, with a student employee? Uh, with teenagers, never. There's never problems with teenagers. <laughs> they're always exceptionally cooperative. I, I understand. And ours are exceptionally bright. Yes, they're all above average. <laughs> we work very closely. It's a partnership. Um, you know, we're not a program that drops them off in, in August and says, we'll see you when this is over. It's very much a partnership. Our corporate partners become teachers in the field. Mm-hmm. They work with us and our faculty and staff every week to teach students good work habits. We're developing the workforce of tomorrow. We're Cincinnati's future at work. So if someone had an interest in computers, uh, you would put them in a job that was maybe a database type job. Right. We try. Absolutely. And and when there are glitches, Lisa and her staff are able to um, offer their services and especially their expertise in working with teenagers to go into a company to work with the student and the supervisor Mm -hmm. in the job site to try to uh, troubleshoot okay, so or you to could, take a different way of looking at a problem. So you can, you can provide on-site assistance for the we student sure and the employer. We're job coaches. That's what we do. We teach success at work. We're job coaches. Hmm. That, that, that's really interesting. Uh, and again, uh, 
Lisa and uh, Sister Jean have agreed to take calls. If you have anyone else that has a call, you can call us on 646-595-4916. We're going to take a uh, another short break here, and we'll be back in about two minutes. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in the industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits, and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Sister Jean and uh, Lisa from uh, DePaul Cristo Ray High School. Uh, during the uh, the school year, the employee the students are employed by organizations. Uh, they're employed by Lisa as a agency. Uh, are these students evaluated by the employers? Yes, they are. We do four performance reviews a year because we are a school. We're an educational entity, and that's what we're promoting is growth and learning. Um, I happen to have a couple comments from some supervisors on their grade card that speak. I, I, I'd, love, I'd love to hear may that. I hear, may I read one for you? Sure. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, from First a, names only. First names of only. Of course, yes. This actually is a student that's working at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. Mm -hmm. And the supervisor writes, Imani is very focused and determined to do a good job on whatever she is working on. She is is very professional and efficient. It is inspiring to work with someone of such a young age who has such exceptional character and integrity. Wow. So it's a win-win. The company feels good about this partnership and the student is having a tremendous experience at Cincinnati Children's. Do you have another one you could read? I do. We have a student that's uh, a young man that's working at uh, E.W. Scripps downtown. Mm-hmm. And um, his supervisor writes, Usman shows good initiative, professionalism, and he asks clarifying questions. He has done a good job at almost everything we've thrown at him. 
He seems to enjoy real hands-on kinds of activities like building PCs and building SharePoint sites and adding content to the site. Now, this young man I may mention is a freshman. Think what he'll do as a senior. He is a great kid. Sounds like the next Bill Gates. He's building computers. Very polite, punctual, and a great representative of DPCR. He has tons of potential and a bright future ahead of him. So I can't make this stuff up. These the, the impact these supervisors are having on our students is tremendous. I, I want to tell a little story here that I, uh, our principal, Andy Farsing, right now has the opportunity to be teaching one class this semester. Mm-hmm. He has he had his kids write essays recently. And one of the students, a freshman, has been offered the opportunity to work at his company this summer. And he's only 14 years old, maybe mm-hmm. 15. So his, he was wondering if he should do it, and his father said, this is such a tribute to you, at, at your your work ethic. Your, they're so pleased with you. They want you to work through the summer. This young man, in an essay about this, making this decision, five times talked about his own bright future. Mm-hmm. He said, this company thinks I have a bright future. My father says I have a bright future. I believe I have a bright future. Amazing. Well, when you, you have someone in high school who's got a strong self-esteem, oh. We have someone who's probably going to graduate from college. And a lot of our students are uh, coming from situations where people have already been trying to ingrain in them that they don't have such a bright future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a whole change in self-esteem Absolutely. and values. That's, that's one of the things that, that we teach here at and Salem. And they're earning it mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Round numbers, how many dollars per hour is, are, would a, a student earn well, the cost during the summer? Well, the cost to a partner this year for a team of four students is 27000 for a 10-month contract, which is a little below what an entry-level position, according to the U.S. Department of Labor and Statistics, is. So our students um, during the school year earn $6,750, $6,750 towards the cost of their education. Mm-hmm. And what is the tuition at uh, DePaul Crystal Ray, or, or is it on a variable scale based on need? If we were in a situation to charge a full tuition, mm-hmm. it would be about $12,000. But we start out at that number, discount by the almost $7,000 that each student earns. Um, everybody receives financial aid, and most of the kids earn, I mean, receive about uh, four or $5,000 of financial aid. Where the, does that the, come from? The low, um, That would come from donors. And um, <laughs> that would come from all kinds of supporters, but it also comes from the Ed Choice voucher in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So some of our students who qualify for that, depending on where they live, um, they bring that to the table. If they don't, we can help. We use a sliding scale. Everybody pays something, but we have families that pay as little as $500 in tuition. Wow. Compared to the average of ten to 12000 in this uh, geographic region. And that's an important foundation of education. For the rest of their lives, you, right. you're you're really changing mm-hmm. uh, 400 lives mm-hmm. per year. Per year, mm-hmm. I mean, changing uh, the direction. Oh, it's going to make a tremendous change in our in our city and our marketplace. And you know, one thing that we've experienced from day one, you know, we've been doing this two years, so we're practically experts. We've got it down. <laughs> um, one thing that we've learned is some of the strongest workers aren't necessarily your strongest students. Mm-hmm. But they get to work, they gain confidence, they gain skill, and, and they blossom. 
They blossom as a young workforce. And and then that encourages them to go on and go to college because they think they're capable. Mm-hmm. You know, and typically in schools, of course, if you're not an academic or an athletic star, um, there aren't that many opportunities to shine. And here's a whole other track that kids have an opportunity to uh, really show their stuff. So if you're not a football star or you're not not nine feet tall in, bas- in basketball, right? This is a different way to, to do it. That's right. For the academic side, mm-hmm. uh, it's really a wonderful uh, wonderful idea. That, that really is probably a, a unique market advantage that that you folks have in the Cincinnati market today. Um, do you see any uh, obstacles to growth that, that you have? say at the moment our biggest challenge um, has not been marketing to companies. We have 51 companies partnering with mm-hmm. us. Our biggest challenge has been marketing to families who, as I see it, are, may not be shopping for this kind of an opportunity. Families who know their financial um, situation, they know their limitations, mm-hmm. and don't realize that uh, they have an opportunity out there that is pretty phenomenal, um, but to market to people that aren't out there looking for an alternative to the public schools or or uh, charter schools, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough, and to figure out where to place ads, uh, to figure out how to build those relationships, it, it's a bit, bit of an uphill climb for us. But but we're mm-hmm. working on it. Do many of your students come from single uh, parent households? Many, many, many. We many everything. Many live with grandparents who never expected to be raising another generation of young kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So absolutely. Our first year, our student body came from over over forty different elementaries and homeschool. So we have great diversity. We have everyone from all walks of life. Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, on the plus side, what do you think the possibilities and opportunities are uh, for the Paul Cristo Ray? Well, we drink the Kool-Aid more every day. We believe in the model because we see already, even after two years, the transformative nature of what this experience does to students. Um, I, you know, I wish we could serve more than 400. Uh, I, I think there's a market for even a bigger school. But I, I think we, um, we're we very blessed and we're very grateful for our solid start, and we hope to continue. Mm-hmm. We, at uh, l- last summer... With our incoming freshman students, you know, we put them through this several-week training program in the summer. And at the end of that time, we asked the kids to set some goals, some short-term goals, mid-term, long-term. Great. And there was a whole session that talked to the kids about what those goals look like. And disturbingly, I would say, many, many of the kids said their long-term, their BHAG, their big, hairy, audacious goal was to get out of Cincinnati. And, you know, our initial response, I think, was to be a little depressed about that. But as we thought and analyzed it more and more, I think what they meant is to get out of my situation, Mm -hmm. my situation of never having what I need, of not knowing what I'm going to wear tomorrow or not knowing what I'm going to eat tonight or um, wanting more out of my life than my family might be able to provide. Um, I, I really think it translated to that. And we have the opportunity, as we have these kids over four years, to turn that, I want to get out of Cincinnati, mm-hmm. into, 
I want to be my own person. I want to choose where I'm going to live and raise a family and work. I'm going to choose a career and not just fall into whatever job comes along, but um, be able to really mold and shape my own life. My goal, my hope, and I think Lisa and so many people in our school share this, is that these very talented, wonderful kids are going to choose to come back to Cincinnati and become part of our business community. Mm -hmm. Or or simply stay here in Cincinnati. Or stay here. So we have some wonderful But know that they have a place if they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're showing them a different side of life than they may be seen before. Right. We had a student working last year at a law firm, Mike, and we asked him, you know, are you? He, we asked, do you like your job? And he says, I love it. And, well, do you want to be a lawyer when you grow up? And he goes, heavens no, that's not for me. But he, we said, well, then what do you like about your job? And he said, they're the nicest people I've ever met. It's that professionalism. It's that common courtesy. It's, it's building that community. He felt a part of a community, and working alongside of that, uh, those folks just inspired him to want to do something. And he met people who cared about him, even though he wasn't like them. Mm-hmm. I know he had never had that experience before. So you say you have a, a, a extended school day. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the, the school hours for the students who are in the school? Our students generally arrive between seven and seven thirty. Uh, they have a we have breakfast every morning for the kids, including free and reduced breakfast and lunch. Uh, at seven forty-five, seventy-five percent uh, of our kids go to classes. Twenty-five percent get ready for the work day. Our class day, so for those kids each day who stay behind at school, it is uh, 7.45 to 3.40. That's a long high school day. Mm-hmm. We see kids out of classes every day across the city at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Our kids are still there. Well, they're we making up the extra hours that they would right, be spending Right, we're making on. up that seat time, as the right. state calls it. And we don't have study tables. No, study, no hall. study halls. No it's study all halls. classes. And then we generally have kids there till probably 4.30 for tutoring or extra help or to stay on the Internet. And then activities and... Uh, so you have Internet access at the school? Yes. All the kids have a tablet PC. We do a one-to-one tablet program. Mm-hmm. We're wireless everywhere in our campus, inside and outside. Um, and then uh, we have sports teams. We have an athletic program. We have, have an athletic program. We did from, Tell the, us about from that. the first semester that we started we have athletics mm-hmm. we're very fortunate we're one of the crystal ray schools that has a great gym mm-hmm. and we started with girls and boys basketball girls volleyball um, because we're in the corporate world we got to have golf so we have a golf club um, we have we have student government we have yearbook we have a drama club we have choir we're a full-bodied high school we want all the extras just like everybody else well that's great i'm glad to hear that we're going to take a uh, another short break. Again, if you want to ask uh, Sister Jean or Lisa a question, the number is 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to San LaRue number 42. Hi, my name's Kevin Hollenbeck from Sandler Training. I'm here to talk about rule number 42. A winner has alternatives. A loser puts all his eggs in one basket. Many times, salespeople plan and script their pre-call routine. They have a big meeting and they say, you know what? 
let's work on what's going to happen at this meeting. And they, they even sometimes role play, script out when the prospect says this, I'm going to say that, when they do this, and they get all ready. They memorize the script. They practice it, rehearse it the night before. Then they show up at the client meeting and the client throws them a curveball. They didn't, the, the client didn't know they were supposed to follow the script. The challenge is, is if you don't have alternatives, you end up stuck. It's like having your, 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 a deer in the headlights looking at, at the light saying, oh no, what next? A winner has alternatives. They're ready to, to, to deal with variables. They're asking tough questions. They're really listening and they're staying in the moment, not locked in the past in some sort of a scripted environment. Remember, rule number 42, a winner has alternatives. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Sister Jean Bissett and Lisa Clayton, Claytor of uh, Paul Cristo Ray. Uh, during the break, we were talking about some of the employers that uh, the school has. Uh, I'm just going to read a couple of the names, uh, names I know at the Al Meyer Company, uh, Cincinnati Children's. We've talked about the College of uh, Mount St. Joe, Scripps, the Hillman Group, Macy's. Uh, Baird, it's a financial services company, the United Way, Xavier University, Turner, uh, Turner Construction, Western Southern, University of Cincinnati, United Way of Kentucky, Frisch's, Dress for Success, Clark Schaefer, Clark Schaefer Hackett, and uh, Cincinnati Bell. So you've got a really wide uh, selection of employers, uh, the, and the students get to choose, or do you choose for them? We assign. It's based on their academic schedules. The mm -hmm. principal will tell me what day they can be out for class, and then we it's a puzzle. We put together what their interests are, what the supervisors need, and, and build the teams from there. Mm -hmm. As the students get older in school, um, Lisa does work more specifically with trying to align kids with possible career interests mm -hmm. or to give kids a variety of job experiences so that by the time they graduate, they're... Uh, their personal resumes may have four, five, six different companies on it. Uh, we think that's an enriching experience. Oh, yeah. That would be great to have a, a student graduate from high school, go on to college, and then have these four or five people resumes, yes. that, that, that he, he or she has worked for in the, in the workplace. Uh, if I could uh, shape this in some way, I would love to see every one of our students have the opportunity to also work on a college campus while they're in high school. Uh, you'll notice we have five or six colleges and universities on I that list that, of yes. employers, and we have a few more we're talking to even this week. Uh, but for our kids who don't necessarily come from college-going families, mm -hmm. to have the opportunity in high school to to be on, to work on, a college campus to get to see what that culture is like, I think is going to be a huge bridging opportunity in our kids' minds to say, I, I belong in college. I can go there. I have a place there. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a product of a work-study program myself in college, and I worked at the healthcare system in New York City, and I worked in, in marketing, and I worked uh, for people at the college and made a dramatic impact on my career over the years. Uh, let me ask you a, uh, a different question. 
perhaps, uh, uh, Sister Jean, and we have a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So maybe you can share with our listeners a complex problem that you encountered there at the school and uh, the co- equally complex solution you uh, used to, f- to solve it. That other CEOs might say, hey, these people have something. I'm going to have to pick up the phone tomorrow and give them a call. Now, remember, we're only sophomores. This up is our sophomore. second year of operation. <laughs> um, but Lisa and I were in uh, Minneapolis last week meeting with representatives of all the 25 Christar Ray High Schools, as well as some uh, representatives of cities that are, are about to open these. And almost to the school, people talked about the complexity of keeping low-income, uh, pretty high-risk kids in school, mm-hmm. um, uh, addressing that attrition rate, that kids do leave our schools, not at the rate that they do typically, Mm-hmm. Um, in that same demographic from other schools, but we still lose schools and we lose we lose kids. We lose students for um, some reasons that they can't control and for some reasons that somebody should be able to control. Every student we've lost is a heartbreaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know what we're losing them to always, whether it's just plain dropping out or transferring. Um I would say that issue of trying to keep kids from families that are often on the fringe uh, in school is just enormously hard. What's been our challenge uh, at DePaul Crystal Ray is to really get to know what are the services in this community, who should we be partnering with. Mm -hmm. And that partnering, because we can't be all things to all people. We're a school. We're not a social service agency. We're not a mental health clinic. We don't do parenting classes, but our families need all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we don't feed the hungry and clothe the poor, although we do that. Um, but to really begin to know who those partners are in this community, and Cincinnati is a fabulous city in terms of uh, social service agencies and help for people that need it. That's been a big piece of the puzzle to put together for us. So who can help us? I've heard some fantastic stories about Talbert House. I hope you're working uh, with them. Absolutely, and we have contacts at Talbert House, and we have actually been talking with them about the possibility of our kids being employed there. Our students also work in nonprofits, mm-hmm. um, and some of those nonprofits that the kids have been in jobs at are also helping to serve our families. Free Store Food Bank, mm-hmm. a terrific partnership. Yeah. A natural partnership, almost walking distance from your from your school. So, uh, so anyway, I would say the complex solution is uh, you got to network, mm-hmm. you got to make friends, you got to take advantage of every opportunity to tell the story and to tell the story on behalf of the people whose stories need to be told. That's good. That's good. Uh, perhaps you can give us, uh, Sister Jean, a leadership tip for other leaders. Uh, Having a little passion helps. Mm. You know, to be uh, lukewarm about something that you feel is not only a terrific business model, but also might have some moral agency to it Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And to bring that passion to it, to ignite other people's passion and imagination. And I think in our case, even to tap into other people's uh, ethical system of wanting to raise people up 
is making all the difference in this school and in getting this school off to the strong start that it's getting off to. Mm-hmm. Do you have any students employed in uh, in the marketing business or in internet business? We're talking to several advertising companies right now about hiring students for next year, and that is a significant sector of industry here in Cincinnati sure. we'd like to tap into. Everyone so. from Dumb Humphreys to yes. uh, possible worldwide. Yes. Yes, exactly. Those would be great places to have a few so there, students. There are several companies in that category that are on our hot list. Mm-hmm. That's good. You should We're have in a hot sales. List. <laughs> That's where we teach people every week. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your Internet site. Have you put that together yourself or did you contract that out? Uh, we have basically put it together ourselves. We started out with a retired sister of charity. Mm-hmm. who was uh, a bit of a website guru, mm-hmm. led us to the host company that we use. So she really did the whole first plan for us, uh, working from Dayton in her home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we eventually brought on, we have a little marketing team at our school, uh, marketing, public relations. You know, we are selling a, a product and a service from scratch mm-hmm. in a new market, and we've had to give that quite a bit of attention. So now we manage the whole website in, in-house. Um, the, probably our biggest change in growth was when we went from using pictures of other Cristo Ray kids mm-hmm. from other cities because we didn't have our own to being able to replace those pictures with our own students. We even had names for the fake kids from the other schools. Mm-hmm. There's a little Johnny. There's a little Maria. Now the pictures, the stories, they're our kids. They're our stories. They're it's reality, and to be able to share that story uh, is wonderful. So you're our success biggest, stories. Our, absolutely. Our biggest, uh, I think our biggest media strength has been our Facebook page. Really? Even more than our website. The companies look at our website. Our families, our parents, our kids, our uh, devotees follow us on Facebook. Well, that's good. And uh, when the show is finished, we're going to hit about... 30,000 people on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to tell them about the show. You'll be helping us and we'll be helping you. A day doesn't go by that we don't post something to Facebook. You're today's post. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Publicity is a good thing. Um, In in the time we have left, uh, Sister Jean, maybe you can talk a little bit more about uh, the success rate that the Paul Christo has had uh, in the 25 schools. Yeah, the Crystal Ray School. Um, you know, this phenomenon of us being able to, as a collective, see 100% of our students accepted into college. And a lot of these are kids that may enter high school up to two years deficient mm-hmm. at grade level. So we're we're pushing some kids six years, over four years, getting them into college Around 90% of those students who are accepted are showing up on the first day of college. And by the third and fourth year, uh, the retention rate is approaching 80%. Uh, So for our kids, again, from this demographic, from non-college-going families, to have that kind of success rate across this network of schools and kids is uh, pretty special. Below side, 80% who graduate would be phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Changing the communities uh, that your schools serve. And even in that 20% that may not be graduating, most of those kids will have done some college. Mm-hmm. Um, I would 
personally venture to say that probably 80% of those kids without this kind of experience would not have gone to college at all. Mm-hmm. And then they they drain on the whole economy. And, and, and they, this way they become self-sufficient and actually help the economy. And make a contribution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, folks, for being here. I'm going to be giving you a copy of uh, Sandler's first book, You Can't Teach Your Kids to Ride a Bike, at a seminar. Uh, in that book, you have uh, our training calendar and a free training pass. You can come to any one of our classes. Thank you. Uh, as well as a million-dollar bill, since we help people make an extra million dollars. We'd like to think we're still learning along with our students, so this is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, we have a we have a book for each one of you. And again, tomorrow's show is with Ben Moore. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.